0: And so I did some research, a little bit about what, about crevry and, you know, traditional winemaking and this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and I'll try to live, like live with a winemaker and maybe they can teach me and I can see what it's like. And this was my idea. And the, it, I should say the first fellowships I applied for, the due dates were in early February, like two weeks before the Russian invasion started. So... You know, in America, people have no idea what like how like Americans have a tendency to like assume that anywhere like anywhere else is unsafe. So it's like Harvard has several fellowships that they you can apply for after your senior year to do some kind of travel and the travel doesn't necessarily need to be for strictly like research or academic purposes per se. It so happened that uh, my dad found a Georgian wine at a (laughs) a, a store and he brought it home and then, you know, we uh, we were having, uh, you know, we would have having wine with dinner and I was like, you know, it was almost started as like a joke. It was like, you could do something about Georgian wine, Oliver. And I was like, yeah, I guess I could. And I was like looking for examples of what other people had done. So I'll give you some examples for comparison. Some woman was a vegetarian and used this fellowship, learn about beef farming in some remote country. I don't know. Somebody else went to Scotland and to Kazakhstan, I think to learn about traditional falconing. A problem I've noticed at a lot of wine tastings and, and other similar events is like, they only make you pay at the end. And then people are drunk, of course. <laughs> and then they forget to pay, and nobody. And it's not. And there's nobody to check to make sure.
1: Like here, living in Georgia, what do you miss uh, uh, about America or your lifestyle or whatever?
0: <sighs> okay, this is kind of silly, but the thing, there's nothing I miss that like uh, is like really important, uh, actually. But something that I think about the most.
1: I just. Ah, is <laughs> this. تا از آریالیس سعی داشت مکانستم رفیدم. امشب خواهی چهون ویساو برفت. اهل گازستان رومانلیت آمریکایی نیستم امروزی. سکته خواهی. این میسپیس رو شایسته داره سکته رویش ویده. تا یهام دیده Gageba, Ramis, Subtengis, Sound Cloud SoundCloud. YouTube Zesh, and Subtitle and episodes. I get Okay, let's, let's start it. So, uh, briefly, I, I just said that uh, that will be experimental mm-hmm. uh, recording of the podcast episode. The podcast on Native Language is. Uh, sounds like uh, science for everyone, Okay. but it doesn't relate it to science strictly. Uh, but on English uh, name, I'm still working <laughs> because I didn't have like quite English stream. I have a, uh, some ideas about that, but I think with you, we'll maybe brainstorm these ideas. Okay. So hello, Oliver. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, uh, let me introduce myself, so I'm a professor in physics, uh, you can call me Dr. J, informally, but uh, Juka is a shortcut, or like full name, Joashir Djedjelala. <laughs> and uh, could you introduce yourself briefly for our viewers? Or
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Oliver, Oliver Wolf. Uh, um, I've just finished uh, my bachelor's at Harvard, I'm from America, and... Uh, I'm spending a year in Georgia to, among other things, uh, okay, Uh, among other things to to uh, learn about uh, Georgian wine, uh, language, and other stuff related to the Caucasus. So,
1: So you finished the college.
0: Yes, I've just finished last year, and
1: you are not a bachelor yet, right? Uh,
0: I well, I I just received my bachelor's degree.
1: Ah, you received a bachelor.
0: I just finished. Yes. Uh, Yes.
1: So, so college and bachelor, uh, universities? Oh, sorry, yeah, so, so in a, in,
0: it's confusing. In the States, yeah, I mean, college and university, they usually mean the same thing, and yeah, and just, or you might say undergrad, or under, your undergraduate studies, usually four years for a mm-hmm. bachelor's degree.
1: So, now you're making master. If you continue your uh, research, you should uh, should it, go to a master or like another bachelor program or what? Uh
0: so, okay, sorry, I'm going to give an overly detailed answer, maybe. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, it depends on the field, of course, because, yeah, of course, the, natu- the next degree naturally would be a master's. Mm-hmm. But, uh, especially in humanities fields or any field that is mostly only academic, uh, it's common in the US to, as I will, go straight from bachelor's to a PhD program. Oh, I see. Uh, but it's a joint
1: program, right? Like it's t- uh, two plus three or something. Or? Yes,
0: it's uh, usually yeah. It can be quite long, and you often you write a master's thesis in the middle of mm-hmm. the, your PhD uh, studies. Oh, um, but it's just it's li- it's this way because um, uh, you know, th- there, you know, in my field, for example, philosophy. It's you know, there's very little use for a master's degree by itself. Uh, uh, so, uh-huh, I see. yeah. Well, uh, okay.
1: Uh, okay, master, master degree in philosophy is like not counting, you say?
0: Well, uh, uh, there are. I mean,
1: like it's uh, it's not high enough, and like some, somewhere well, in the middle. Well, I mean,
0: you know, uh, in in that field, among others, there aren't that many jobs that directly require a degree in this field outside of academia. Mm-hmm. And if you're going into academia, I mean, for most, I mean, for most things, you want a PhD, and. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few, basically, very few universities offer a terminal master's program, like just a master's. Uh, they don't offer it. Um, the only ones that do, it is explicitly for somebody who wants to do a PhD, but, for example, maybe they didn't study philosophy in their bachelor's, and they need to get more, they need to get the, the uh, you know, they need to get more, study more in it mm-hmm. before they are ready to begin a PhD. Ah, I see. This I is see. basically the only reason somebody does a master's in philosophy. And I think it is true in some other fields as well. But, it, you know, again, in other fields, obviously, it's different. And in many, master's is normal, or you need to do a master's, and then a PhD as is more common in Europe and stuff, and I don't know.
1: But oh, I, I see, yeah. I see. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and uh, could you tell us briefly, like... Uh, where are you from and like what is your background and like where, where like some, how something i got about to hear you here, here, no no, no here, like here, where yeah. you grow up like yeah what yeah I would say absolutely
0: um so i'm from uh near boston mm-hmm. uh uh so in the northeast of uh, the u.s um from a, a a town not not exactly in boston but you know near boston called arlington mm-hmm.
1: um i ha- heard about this sound
0: Oh really? There, there are there are bigger uh, there are other Arlington's uh, they are maybe, bigger, maybe. Okay, okay. but uh, but also I mean some some uh, uh, I'm sure some famous people in uh, who taught maybe at Harvard or MIT and some also lived in Arlington. I don't know, so maybe you've heard of mm-hmm. this one. But, um, yeah, so so uh, uh, I've I've lived there most of my life. Um, uh, uh, I did I did uh, live in Tajikistan for a year when I was a kid and also in and spent some time in in south india um but but that's mostly where i've lived um it's
1: pro- probably from your parents like yes you travel with parents and w- what's the profession of your parents? yeah
0: so um my dad is a, a a professor of music and south oh. asian studies um and so his you know his discipline is what you ma- is, is is ethnomusicology so mm-hmm. like basically okay. the intersection of music and anthropology mm-hmm. and through his research, I, I got to travel with him, and my mother is not a professor anymore, but uh, she was also in uh, uh, South Asian studies uh, and focused more on language and literature. Um, so yes, I was very lucky as a child to be able to travel because of because of them.
1: Okay, and then you go, you enter university in other city or, or in Araketan?
0: Yeah. So. Um, well, first of all, I started, uh, uh, I, so in America, before university, we have high school and it's four years um, normally, but uh, I actually uh, really didn't like high school <laughs> for various <laughs> reasons. And uh, I found out that there was a uni- one university. Is
1: the thing like uh, the, the, in the movies, like about high schools, is, are the things true? Like this so horrible, <laughs> <laughs> bullying part and stuff?
0: Um <laughs> It, first of How of, realistic it, are they? Yes, it, it <laughs> depends on where, of course, because uh-huh. it's different in different parts, and it depends on when. You know, a lot of the movies we uh, people uh, you see are from like uh, America in the eighties, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. But, sure, sure. Um, to be speak very broadly, uh, it, obviously, some things are a little bit exaggerated, but basically, yes, it's okay. basically it's basically the basic thing, and what it looks like definitely is true. I mean, mm-hmm. the way you see high school and like the structure and the bells and everything—it's it, normal and. A lot of the social crap you see in 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 and uh, I mean some version of it is totally true. Um, so I think it's more it's more you know it's hard to talk at it, such a broad level, but yeah, yeah. if I have to, then, oh, then right, 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 right. more true than not I would say. Um, but anyway, yeah. so uh, uh, I was yeah so so I, I was in my so I was in my second year of high school and you know I was doing okay, but I was just I, I mean. Partially because I was interested in philosophy, but at least in America, this is not a normal part of the curriculum in high school. Mm -hmm. You have English, history, science, or whatever, but you don't have philosophy. And I wanted to learn, do more of that. Um, But there were also other reasons. I I, I didn't really like high school. And then I found out there was this uh, uh, one one college. uh, As far as I know, it's the only one that's exactly like this, um, that allows you to start studying. I mean, go to college. Uh, uh, without having uh, finished high school, without having graduated. And you could start even two years early. Uh,
1: ah, okay. Uh, and the curriculum uh, different is different a bit? Or it's what? basically
0: the same. This is what's different. There are many schools in the U.S. that are like, you can take college courses while you are in high school, or you can take go to a high school that is a little bit more like college and stuff like this. But this was the only one I heard of. There's literally, it's a, you know, accredited. Uh, Could you say the, the name of it? Yeah. So it's, uh, I hope I'm not, I'm not sponsored by. No, them. yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's, just curious. it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's Bard College at Simon's Rock. So it's kind of a long name. Because it's not state university. No, it's private. It's, a, and it's a small liberal arts college. Uh, um, uh, it's. Owned by a larger, well, still small, but a larger uh, college called Bard College, mm-hmm. and it, it uh, uh, but it is a separate campus right. and technically separate uh, institution. Okay. But they own it. Uh, you know, it's part of their network, sort mm-hmm. of. Um, uh, so that's why that's that's the name. Uh, 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 the short name is just Simon's Rock. Um, so uh, you know, this was the only place, as far as I know, is like this, where it's a full, you know, accredited. Uh, uh, high, institution of higher education that offers a bachelor's degree after four years, and, you, and they'll accept you, if you don't, even if you don't have a high school diploma. In fact, almost nobody who goes there does. And most people who are there start, because they start early, they're only 16 or 17 when they begin their studies. And so as soon as I found out about this, I was, I was like, well, uh, who wouldn't want to do this? <laughs> and so I was like, goodbye high school. And I applied there. Uh, Uh, and, uh, and I got in, so it, uh, 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 that's what I did. Um, and yeah, so then I, I spent two years there. And
1: do you need to win, I don't know, the finance for it, or you just go... It's,
0: it's, it's very expensive. Uh, uh, I mean, all universities are in America, but private ones more than public, um, Almost everybody, when they apply to college in the U.S., they also apply for financial aid. Ah, okay, and then, then you get a reply,
1: this, it means automatically than usually. Yeah, they okay. tell you,
0: they'll usually tell you, okay, we've analyzed how much money you and your family make, and we are, you know, cal- our calculations determine ah, I see, I see. that you can pay this much of the total cost. So we will pay this cost, ah, okay, and you must pay this cost. But it is still a lot, a lot, yes. like a lot. Uh, um, because the total cost is just enormous, um, and almost nobody pays the total amount unless they are from like, extremely wealthy family,
1: and um, probably own the university. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. So,
0: you know. Uh, so so uh, uh, for example, um, uh, uh, I think and this is approximate, but I remember so. Uh, Uh, Just a
1: disclaimer. If if I go like at some point, if I ask something inappropriate or something, you can just say. No, it's it's no
0: problem. Thank thank you though. I think when you do tuition, because you know in America also usually you live at the university in the dorm and you have Mm -hmm. food given to you and whatever. So this all adds up. It's not just paying for courses. So Mm -hmm. in total, with all of this, I think uh, at Simon's Rock the cost was uh, like seventy thousand dollars for one year so it's if, if if you didn't get any if you didn't get any aid so you know no but very few people can afford to just pay this for one child right oh they take the debt or, uh, or no uh, well yeah you normally yes you have to take out loans yes it's uh, uh, either from the federal government or you can also apply for scholarships based on whatever externally or 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 sometimes the university has special scholarships or besides just the normal financial aid but anyway so like so just for example uh I think you know uh uh i we uh had to we we were i think forty thousand dollars for us was paid and then but we still had to pay thirty every year and this i mean uh uh and and you know we still had to take some uh, a, a loan for this uh uh, um, uh so obviously the calculation is really their financial aid calculation i mean it's it helps obviously but you know, still they still it. make it, they do the bare minimum so that you will go, uh, you, you know. Um, and
1: Probably so, you're quite motivated this way. Like, uh.
0: it, yeah, it depends. I mean, so I'm very lucky that, uh, you know, my father chose to take the loan in his name. So he didn't want me to have this burden right away getting out of college. I'm just starting and I have to ha- pay, 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 pay. Because usually, yeah, this is the way it works. They don't make you pay like while you're in, if you are if, if you the student taking the loan while you're in college, like you don't have to pay but then when it comes you have to pay and the interest increases and it's just and and you know as you know you know it's not always available yeah, to so get a like good job right away out of yeah. college and it's it's it can be very it can immediately can get very bad which is you know you hear, why you hear about about this in America a lot and people are complaining about it and they want something to be done um so but I'm very lucky in this respect but yes to answer your question I mean many students now I think because of how expensive colleges and because a college degree, we know, realize now that it, does, it no longer just guarantees you a good, like, uh, middle-class job anymore in America. Um, a lot, I think, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but I think it's true. A lot of people are choosing fields that they think will make them money right away. And so there is less interest in... Payout, like and, quickly. Uh, yeah, there's less interest in exploration and finding yourself and stuff. There still is, and it depends on the university, but... So it's
1: more like a calculated investment in your yes, future. Yes, yes, people
0: think about it this way. And, you know, obviously this raises... It should be like this uh, uh,
1: probably at it's, some point. In some it's,
0: way, but it's also, you know, a question... Like, it, because people people think of college... A, number, most people, a lot of people in America think of college like this as an investment, but, you know... Uh, as someone who is interested in academia you know this is this raises difficult questions right because isn't it's also isn't you know academics not just about making you uh, uh, productive in some narrow sense but also I mean able to you know think you know uh, uh, intellectually and and be a good citizen uh, this is what the humanities historically are supposed to be uh, um, because you can be you know very productive at uh, some specific skill but if you, you know, but still not be able to think critically about the issues in your life and the, in your country or whatever. And so, but this type of thing is not encouraged, I think, in America anymore, by and large, because everyone is worried about debt and getting a good job right away. Okay. So, but, you know, you're right. There is also some motivation to do well and study because you have this. I, I don't think, personally, I don't think it's a good trade. <laughs> but, I, see, I see, I see. But, but it's true. Um, so uh
1: because like here we have like a lot of like uh, lot of students who do not pay like they they win yes. the financial support from the government mm-hmm. but it has like double it's double edged swore because they don't pay they usually don't care for example they can fail the course but it's only not only like uh, 60 dollars to redo this course i see so it's like it, it's Mm-hmm. For some people, it's a lot of money, but to the other hand, yeah. it's not it's as much in as America, like yeah. No, no. I mean, uh, may I ask you to clip this oh, one? No, on yeah. no, it's okay. Yeah. It's my fault. Uh, should I put it? Like yeah, here? yeah. Whenever you feel uh, comfortable. Okay. Or, or, or here you can clip it like.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, this is just a backup. Like, okay. I have
1: like two backups and like. Uh, Two backups already failed, so I have I had four of them, but now I have like only two. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, three
1: now three. I have. Very so good. this one is recorded um, <laughs> independently. That one is also recorded, but it's also sending the signal in the camera, so it's recording okay. the signal as well. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I like that you you think you have you have backup plans because you can never you, you, one always should. Um <laughs> I
1: always I always like experienced like I, I bought the tech uh, some 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 I don't know. Hard, high-tech gear, mm-hmm. and then my first try and it's failed. I mean, it's failed in a stupid way. So for example, I have this experience on Maldives, like completely jumping out of this mm-hmm. conversation, but I was on Maldives mm-hmm. and imagine the situation, I'm scuba diving, mm-hmm. then I jump into the, um, uh, into the boat, uh-huh. and then uh, engines is on and we are racing back mm-hmm. because it was like tide and we need to be in time. Mm-hmm. And then from the left, there was a plane landing and then like here is like like nice I don't know like people on the yacht and I was thinking like oh my god this is perfect moment on my GoPro footage. It yes. will be like yes. awesome. And yes. then <laughs> I take this GoPro and say like SD card error. Oh. <laughs> All footage is nothing. And it was like I was I was just excited to think about this landing plane from behind and no no yeah wow and the same with the recorders like sometimes but now i think i'm settled and everything will be fine very good i hope so (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: um so oh yeah oh i was talking about uh yeah my story i guess uh yeah so uh yeah, and this... But,
1: oh, yeah. May, may I sw- sw- switch, like, uh, focus on on the on your decisions? Like, why you choose, like, philosophy? You, you said, like, mm-hmm. you were interested in but uh, for me, it's now not, like, broadly speaking, it's not time of philosophy. So it's more, like, engineering, and mm-hmm. like maybe lawyer, because, uh-huh. like, maybe some scandals, or, like, celebrity, yeah. but yeah. philosophy, like, why?
0: Yeah, it's a very good question. Well, um, um, um... Again, I must start back with this this time when I was going to college and leaving high school because at the time I already had some interest in philosophy, but at the time my main interest was computer science, mm-hmm. which I think you would agree is like one like a lawyer and engineering like much more yeah a, sure. a, a, in t- you know much more popular and, and talked about field at the moment.
1: Being a hacker is like, always <laughs> like <laughs> appealing. Uh,
0: yeah, it's a cool dream, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean
1: we, um, we we never done anything like this, and we of course yeah. like we. Um, Disagree with but, any uh, legal activities,
0: yeah. but uh, <laughs> um, and I and you know there are still parts of it that interest me. So mm-hmm. in college, my big idea was I was going to do both, and this way, you oh, know, okay. I mean, I could study both, uh, and this way, uh, you know, I would have, uh, you know. Uh, um, Quite unique skills. Yeah, know, I mean, so. I'd would, I would be able to study the, something that was a side passion of mine, and also I'd be ready to get a job or whatever. You know, I have, a, have a, a lot of jobs available was the idea because I thought computer science, oh, you must be able to get a good job so easily with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. And then I took uh, so uh, I took a computer science course and a philosophy course uh, and some, as well as a couple other courses in my first semester of, of college. and um, And... I was just really, I did well in the computer science course. It was a system programming course, if this mm-hmm, means anything mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and whatever, I learned C and whatever. So, um, and you know, it, it was interesting enough, it was okay. Um, but I just found myself like, I enjoyed the course somewhat, but I felt like everything in the course was just about like, uh, uh, every, and the people who, who took the course and in general studied computer science, they basically weren't, um, they didn't, it seemed like everybody, rather than being like interested in uh, like something fundamental about it, was kind of, people were kind of just interested in like getting good jobs and making money and stuff. I mean, not everybody, but... It felt like the professor. The professor was also very like focused on. It was like it was like all practical. Like there was no. I mean, whenever I wanted to talk about something, like uh, I don't know. I <laughs> like,
1: philosophical <laughs> aspects of C plus plus, right?
0: Or like something <laughs> like more. I mean, you know, there is something called theory of computation, right? There is there's okay. a lot yeah, of yeah, theory yeah, sure, and sure, stuff. Sure. And I, if I ever wanted to talk about this or like ask questions about it, my professor was this. It's funny, actually. She was a Russian woman and. Uh, I liked her, she was funny, but she was very, like, everything has a simple answer, there is no, you know, complicated things, and and you just learn it this way, and this works, yes, exactly, exactly. So it just, it was just, and she was, and this, you know, this this college was very, very small, so the computer science department only had two professors, and she was one of them, and the other one was, like, uh, only part-time. So this was who I was working with if I was going to continue. And then also between, because of that and because I also didn't like have a lot in common with my peers as well, I was like, okay, I mean, the material is still kind of interesting, but I don't, I don't know. And, and then um, meanwhile, in the philosophy course, this, uh, uh, the philosophy course I took was, it's called epistemology, which is a main field of philosophy. It's basically about the study of knowledge and what uh, some of the fu- fundamental questions are like, what is knowledge? And, you know, what are the, what are the you know, think, you know, how can we, when can we be said to know something? Um, and, you know, there are a lot of related questions, also related to the nature of science and about, like, how to make sure, you know, reliable knowledge and, you know, how, how, how can we as individuals learn to discriminate between, uh, you know, which beliefs to accept and which to reject and stuff like that. Um, and it was very different from any kind of philosophy I would previously encountered because it was a lot more analytical. It was, mo- it was not ground... Like, a lot of people think of philosophy as, like, it's all just about reading what these men from hundreds of years ago said and, like, learning what they said, and that's kind of it.
1: Memorize but, it. And, uh, and or, then, or, or, or yeah, like, a lot of people seem to
0: think this is what... Or it's always talking about Aristotle and, so, and it's like And, you know, these figures are important as well, but it was very interesting because all of these... Uh, Everything we were reading in this course was from the 20th century or newer. It was all very, I mean, uh, uh, and I came to learn that actually the predominant, I mean, uh, tradition, philosophical tradition in um, uh, the English-speaking, in English-speaking academia, especially uh, the U.S. and in England, um, is... Basically, uh, uh, its foundations are only in the late 19th and early 20th century. And it's, and it still pays attention to history, but it's very interested in being, you know, sort of more contemporary and being an active discipline. Um, and also in being very careful about language and being precise, and in that way, trying to learn something from science. Um, and I mean, we can get into more to that later, maybe. But anyway, the point is for this course, I was just like, fast. I was like, this is so, you know, I was just really fascinated by the problems we discussed in this course, and I was, I, I, I participated a lot in class, I loved writing the papers, and it was just, it was just great, and I was like, I know I want to do more of this, and then I just did never took any more computer science <laughs> courses, and before I knew it, I was like, you know, everyone talks about how, uh, you know, hard it is to get a job in academia, and... You know, in humanities, it's hard to get a job in any other field and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to try anyway. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the path I've been on since then. Um, so I hope that answers your question.
1: I think it answers it, mm-hmm. uh, but, but also yeah, it also can... emerged in other questions. Like, yes. for example, you say like... Uh, epistemology epistemology yeah Uh, it's it needs to answer several questions for example something like uh, when do we know that uh, we learn something or how we this this type of questions and the thing is uh, I always had an impression that if someone don't want to answer a question he said, "Like, oh, this is a philosophical question, <laughs> and yeah. I will not answer. So, uh, this curse actually answers this question? Yeah. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> back so to a philosophical yeah, yeah. question. So, 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 so now can...
1: philosophy is not so philosophy of 20th century is now or 21st century. Yeah. First century. It's not about like not answering the question.
0: Well, okay. Uh, so let me let's start by let me checking to make sure I'm understanding what you're asking. So it sounds like you're saying you know. In in the common conception, yes, uh, uh, philosophical questions are seen as like sort of unanswerable and too difficult, and like or
1: they're buried under so many details that you will not get an answer, a usable answer.
0: Right, and and maybe they're not even important to answer, maybe or maybe no, maybe, maybe maybe important. they're interesting, <laughs> but you know yeah. we don't need to worry about yeah. them in order to do whatever it is that we're doing. You know, it's very similar. Here's another thing we say in English, at least, that is very similar. Um, that we say, like, oh, well, uh, have you ever, you know, like, that's just semantics. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah when they say, oh, it's just about, you know, to me, as someone interested particularly in the philosophy of language, this is like, no, but semantics is how we communicate. This is actually very important. <laughs> but, but anyway, so it bothers me. But I still, anyway, so... Yeah.
1: This is the same as grammar, right?
0: Not exactly. <laughs> I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I'm making an example of it here. But... Um, I can certainly, there's certainly, there's certainly, They're certainly, uh, nearby their neighbors, maybe.
1: Um, you making an example of grammar? Oh, come I know, on. Anyway. Like I'm like walking <laughs> example of like how you do not speak English? <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> okay.
0: Um, anyway, so, um, um, but, but about philosophical questions. No, I mean, philosophy, m- most of philosophy still concerns itself with, uh, the traditional so-called traditional questions of philosophy, these big questions, um, but it takes a much more i mean uh 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 i mean it we like to think we've made some progress even if little um and uh 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 i mean okay i i i'm, I'm not saying the like i'm not saying that, that now we know how to answer them or something or now we have all the answers um but i'm also i also think there's been some progress made but it's also worth noting that like you know philosophers are not unaware of this uh, uh, perception of philosophical problems, and this was also a crucial part of the earlier. Uh, when I mentioned earlier that, like, uh, the current English-speaking tradition emerged in the uh, late 19th and early 20th century, so this 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 tradition is what we is typically just called analytic philosophy, and it's kind of what I'm trained in. Um, and it basically started with, I mean, people have thought parts of these things before, but around this time. Uh, a lot some people were th- were really thinking, you know, um, we've been arguing about these questions for two thousand years, and we're still dis- we're still you know in vicious disagreement and every time somebody has a whole new system and like a whole new theory, and like uh, and it, it kind of it was frustrating right? <laughs> and and meanwhile, you know. Uh, uh, people were looking at at scientific discoveries that were being made at the time, and we're being very, and we're very impressed with. Um, uh, uh, but only
1: uh, last three hundred years, you know.
0: Yeah, well, well mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah. I'm I'm talking about again. I'm talking about the late nineteenth and early twentieth century right now. What philosophers were thinking about? Um, um, people were, you know, looking at, for example, uh, uh, the theory of relativity and new new things that were coming, and we're very impressed with how, um, uh, you know. Basically, you know, of course there were, there, were, there were many disputes remain and last a long time, but generally things could be tested and then, you know, once the, test, the results were made, then there was, nothing, there was no more discussion to be had about this particular thing, right? It was, it could, things could be settled in an easier way. And um, some philosophers are like, why can't we do that? And so, I mean, I won't go into a too detailed now, long explanation of of how the history of philosophy went from there. But I bring this up because the modern tradition, uh, uh, philosophical tradition, is very much informed by this concern of philosophical questions as being unanswerable. And so it's tried to strive for, instead of, you know, talking in vague, broad ways about these really big questions, try to break them down and take things piecemeal, you know. Go piece by piece and think and like make try to make things precise, and then see what results we can get from that. Um, and and a particular kind of methodology was developed.
1: It sounds like applied philosophy.
0: A little bit now in the very modern, like in the 21st century, applied philosophy has taken on sort of a new meaning that's even more so. But in some sense, yes, it was. It was. I mean, it was still abstract. It was still you know basically just involved thinking and writing. Um. But it, there was a distinct methodology developed, often using thought experiments, for example. Um, uh, um, so this is all to say that there's been, you know, we've tried to make some progress with this, with this you know, th- these big problems of, of philosophical questions just being put to the side. And, you know, I think it's probably a good thing that other disciplines, you know, d- decide, okay, some questions are not, are not for us to answer right now. And, you know, because we can do all this stuff just knowing this. And, but I think it's also good for some other people to say, okay, well, now that we... Let, let's spend some time thinking about these bigger questions because sometimes, you know, even a little bit of progress on these really big yeah. questions will lead a whole new framework that will make, you know, be very useful for the applied fields as well.
1: So. In quantum physics, there was, like, a big, huge discussion about these hidden parameters and nothing. and final consensus was about... Um, They say like, okay, we don't even try to answer irrelevant questions or questions which we cannot answer in this framework. Mm. And they just say, no, this question is not for this framework and we will not answer it.
0: That's, I think, so this is very similar to what a 20th century German philosopher named Rudolf Carnap, his approach oh, yeah. to philosophy. So, because, uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with like the Vienna circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, he, he was a key figure in the circle and this was all, and I think, I mean, I don't know about the details on the physics side, but I know. I think the
1: idea was something about. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was in the realm of philosophy and more like logic than in applied sciences, but, you know, Carnap intended all of this to be useful in science as well. Um, and, uh, and I think it did influence some physicists, I don't know if does Yeah, the good I think
1: the, the Bohr, uh, oh. Niels Bohr, mm-hmm. probably Schrödinger and mm-hmm. Heisenberg, they they all like from... S- Impacted by this stuff. I yeah. think that, yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, especially this idea of duality, then like, what is the particle? Like, is it like a probability wave or oh. is it like actually a particle? Oh, and I the, see, I see. And then yeah. you answer, it, it depends on the experiment. Mm-hmm. And experiment, it's like behaves in a way you ask it a question mm-hmm. by the experiment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this uh, part. And also there was like, oh my God, I forget the English name of it's this okay. uh, quantum principle. Then you mm-hmm. said that the two contradictive deep statements do not contradict to itself, but they kind of form one whole system.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't have enough background in physics to totally know, but I, I mean, I have heard a, a little bit about some of these things, and I know. I mean, I, there, there was a lot of interaction between the disciplines at this time, especially in German, I mean, in the German-speaking world, and also in the English-speaking world. Um, but yeah, so so this, but this occupied a crucial role. Positivism, uh, you know, had this in the early 20th century. This was the predominant uh, paradigm, uh, and it was very much based, especially the Carnapian version, was very based on this idea that, you know. Uh, All sciences, you you can't basically, a dispute or a a theoretical dispute uh, must be, can only be settled once people have agreed on a shared, what he liked to call, a linguistic framework or, you know, a set of definitions and inference rules, basically like a a logic. And then from there, you could do your experiments and only then could you sort of resolve your dispute. But then it could be resolved. There would be, you know, no room for endless discussion, right? Um, um, uh, at
1: least, if you agree that you're solving this problem, and uh, if you agree, like this will be the solution. Exactly. This is this, this is exactly. This is a key for solving. This is, this the is problem.
0: exactly the thing. This is why the linguistic framework is so important. So you you know you're sharing your your terms are shared, so you agree on what the problem is, and you agree on what would settle the problem. This is all crucial for Carnap. Yes, exactly. And um, uh, uh, you know this was his idea, and uh, 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 you know. And But ultimately, and then but then of course there's a question, okay, so which framework is like the correct framework or which framework, you know, because earlier philosophers, Frege and Russell, for example, seemed to talk as though there was some universal logic that underla- uh, underlay all of natural language, that natural language represented some inner logic and we just have to discover it and then this is the universal framework. And Carnap seemed, didn't think so. Uh, um, he uh, he, think, he thought that for most of his career. I mean, he thought that, you know, Basically, uh, you can make any you know you can use the rules of logic and construct any kind of framework linguistic framework you want, but um, uh, 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 you just have to agree on one to 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 settle your to, to do your theorizing in, um, and the question of which one to choose is not a question of right or wrong. It's a question of, of pragmatics. You know what uh, uh, you know. What's the you know. Uh, which framework uses terms that are most useful to your theory for example a theory in which the rel- in, in which the relevant uh, natural kinds include like uh chemical are determined by chemical formulas rather than whether uh they are items in my pants pocket <laughs> one of those one of those frameworks is more useful for doing physics and chemistry uh and so it <laughs> depends on your
1: goal you know? yes
0: yes uh, so so you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay, so okay, so yes. the idea is that you know, the there's no correct framework. It's just that some frameworks might be better for your purposes at, for the particular dispute, um, and and you know, this is all fine and good, um, right? Uh, it seems, um, but actually, it, this paradigm, uh, you know, uh, was in the fi- or in the fifties starting starting in the fifties, and by the end of the sixties was uh, was basically. Uh, gone. I mean, it, it, was, it was attacked on many sides, and it's no longer the paradigm in philosophy. And much of the remainder of the 20th century was about sort of figuring out how to maintain things we liked about this older tradition, the precision, the analytical reasoning, and focus on logic, without being committed to some of these of more radical claims that the positivists believed in and Carnap believed in, uh, that, you know, were no longer seen as tenable. Um, uh, 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 and I don't know how the development went in science. I mean, whether, you know, whether you know there was a post positivist views. It, but you know, this is what this is what philosophy of science has been doing for the past fifty years. <laughs> right, Discussing.
1: But uh, I, I want to ask you the follow up question about. Uh, so usually people say like, for example, mathematics becomes so complex that the questions they're trying to ask and answer now are more philosophical <laughs> rather like practical oh. something so do you have like in, in your study do do you have like lots of mathematical classes or for example do they try to merge mm-hmm. at some point or not really yet
0: yes well it really depends it's it's up to you i mean and what you want to focus on so i took a cup i took I took one straight logic course in philosophy, and usually every, mo- almost all bachelor's philosophy majors uh, must take at least one logic course at most universities in the United States. Um, uh, and this was a strict, like, it, it, uh, it was a formal logic course, you know, I learned about predicate logic, sentential logic, doing proofs, truth tables, stuff like that. Um, uh, well, this would be. I mean, uh, 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 this would not be as required by the philosophy department. I mean, I did take math classes. I did took a few um, through. Like, I took. I took. Yeah, I took single variable calculus, two single variable calculus courses, and a linear algebra course. I stopped after that. But um, that that just depends on the university, because you know, like uh, you know, I, I mean, at most universities in America, I think compared to other parts of the world, you have more freedom to choose. I mean your, your major imposes some requirements, but you don't have to pick right away, and you can you have a lot more freedom even at the beginning of your studies to take you know elective courses. Um, so uh, you know I, I, I only had to t- you know I, like my university only required one uh, 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 it only required well, the, the general university requirements only required one ma- math course. I'd ended up taking three just because I wanted to. And then my, the philosophy major, you know, it required one logic course, and I took that.
1: And how how do you find your mathematical courses? Like, uh, how do you like, for example, linear algebra?
0: I, I, linear algebra, I liked. I mean, it's been you know, it's 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 been uh, uh, three years now or whatever. But uh, but from 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 what I remember, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I mean, uh, somewhat. I, I I mean, I wish I had had more time to take some of the more advanced math courses. Um, uh, but now I realize the ones i 'm really interested in I actually probably didn't need like this calculus and stuff background stuff because it probably wouldn't be analysis and stuff I would be taking it' pr- the, the, the one if I, it probably wouldn't be like uh, ana- uh, you know analysis uh, uh, that I would be taking if i if i were had continued in math or that I would be really interested in it probably like really the main the only math i 'm really interested in now that is really per- might be pertinent to my studies would be set theory
1: set theory okay yeah. okay.
0: Uh, so, I also very close right. to logic. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's you know, and, and you know, set theory and and logic are really the only areas that are mathematical that are directly historically related to philosophy. Um, you know, the other stuff by philosophical uh, is like applied. You know, yeah, yeah, sure, uh, uh, maybe some things about maybe examples from number theory and examples from this can be useful in a philosophical argument, but. Uh, uh, yeah. So philosophers, when they're interested in particular sciences, they're usually interested in the foundations of them. For example, in, in physics, also there's interest in f- the foundations of physics and philosophy. Philos- it's called philosophy of physics, philosophy of biology. There, there, there are questions. But you know, if I wanted to be a logician, if I want, you know, in, in say my grad- future graduate studies, if I really want to focus on logic mm-hmm. and 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 set theory and stuff like that, then of course I would need to demonstrate that I have a lot of background in this stuff. All right, and, I see. and maybe if I had written my, you know, I probably would have taken more courses in that in undergrad too. I do hope to take some more, but I don't just to have some more of that background for the stuff I plan to do. But I don't think it's going to be my like main area, for example. So I I was okay with just one logic course for undergrad, and then you know.
1: So now now to more interesting and sparkling part. Okay. <laughs> how you get like how you end up in Georgia and like this interesting study of yours about wines?
0: Yes. So it's a funny story.
1: A sober story. Uh, Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, So we have to skip a few years from. So I told you I first went to the, the small liberal arts college, Simons Rock, and I could have stayed there for four years and gotten my BA from there. But for several reasons, mostly because it was just a very small school and the philosophy department only had two professors. I was not, I was, it was, uh, the, re- the I needed more academic resources. I was running out of courses to take and I wanted to go to a bigger university that had more philosophy courses and, you know, just mm-hmm. everything. And so in my second year, I did a bunch of transfer applications, uh, uh, um, uh, and I was very lucky and got into Harvard. So I transferred there and then I finished my degree there oh, sp- I see. spent two years there. Um so move much back closer to home. Uh because Harvard is, you know, in Cambridge, it's next to Boston and Arlington itself is next Not to Not sure that was the
1: main motivation, right? <laughs> what? Not sure that was the main motivation. No, no, yeah. no.
0: <laughs> in fact, I I I spent one year actually literally at home the first oh. year because it was COVID. <laughs> it was all on Zoom. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh uh my first year at Harvard. So I actually only spent like one year actually like living I mean at Harvard, but anyway. Um but yes, to Georgia and to wine. So uh, uh, fast forward to last year, my senior year. Um, I know I want to go to graduate school in philosophy eventually, um, but I don't want to go straight away because I thought I was thinking, I, I've just had COVID. There's just been COVID, Zoom University. It's been four years of college. And, you know, with a PhD, I'm looking at at least five year, more years, often six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I had a feeling I would get burned out if I just went straight to that. And i thought you know i mean most people and i and and i was 20 and i was like you know most people my age are like exploring their lives and whatever and like uh uh you know i just think i I, some time away from the academy would be good for me and help me be more prepared for
1: so you want to take a pose
0: yeah yeah i mean i want i want to i want to step away from academic philosophy right right? Um, before i go back and do that for at least five more years uh, I wanted to do something more than just, like, get a job or, or something, you know, because, like, you know, I have plenty of my life to do that. Like, I, ideally, I'd be able to travel and, and do something interesting. Um, the problem is that requires money. <laughs> and uh, so thankfully, uh, luckily for me, Harvard has several fellowships that they you can apply for after your senior year. To do some kind of travel, and the travel doesn't necessarily need to be for strictly like research or academic purposes per se. Like they, you don't need to write a research paper at the end of it. You need to do some project and show them that like what you're doing is you know uh, like beneficial for yourself or like is is like, like self development. Yes, plans? or something really? like this. Yeah, yeah. So you it can't just be anything. Um, and they're very competitive because of course everybody wants to do this, but. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. I mean, it can involve research, but they often encourage you, like, "Oh no, there are many fellowships for research. We want you to. We want you know some some old guy who went to Harvard many years ago and died and left some money, wanted to you know p- fresh graduates to be able to do something different. Really, really, it's yes. this
1: that, kind of motivation, really. Yeah, yeah, So
0: this is this is what. There are only a few of these, but uh, I was like, well, how, this how is- it's called, like. Could- Oh, well, um, uh, uh, the general group of them was called the Postgraduate Traveling Fellowships. And each one, but you have just applied for them and then you could, got considered for various ones. So they each had, you know, they all had their own separate names of the man who left the money. And often each one had restrictions. Like this one is only for Europe or this one ah, okay. is to learn about some topic. So it's topic. really
1: kind of wheel. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah like, so, uh, so, okay. you, so, yeah, so I was like, well... Okay, this sounds like a great way to do something. Now I have to figure out what I would want to do before I apply, and I've i had a few things in mind, and also I was considering other things. For example, at the same time I was also applying to the Peace Corps. Uh, uh, do you know? I what see. It is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Peace Corps is also has is in Georgia, and, so, and I I had uh, and that's actually how Georgia first entered my mind. I saw they had a up posting in Georgia, and I was like, oh, well, let me look this up. And it just, this how, so this is how first Georgia came to mind. I was like, oh, this is interesting. First of all, it was interesting to me because I mentioned I would lived in Tajikistan uh, as a kid for one year. That was a very sort of influential experience for me just because, like, I, you know, no, no, most Americans don't know, have never heard of this country and don't know where it is. And I lived in this place, you know, and it was, and I was very, and this made me for the rest of my life very interested in, like, uh,
1: exotic places
0: well especially like i'd gotten exposure i'd been in india before but now this is, i was very interested in basically the post-soviet world um and also it happens to be a country that's very mountainous and has uh, you know a history with many ethnic groups mm-hmm. so similar and uh, as being in the middle of many different countries as well yeah. uh, and so from several of these reasons i was like georgia this is kind of interesting and then i looked up uh, about the Georgian language, and I saw that, oh, the Caucasus has the three indigenous language families that none of them, are, neither of them are part of a larger family, and neither, none of them are related to each other, and they all have linguistically very interesting features. By this time, I had taken a few linguistics courses and was interested in that as well. And so I was like, wow, this place is just kind of calling my name. What is, uh, you know, I don't know what exactly I'll do, but there's something here. Okay, so what's my project going to be? Uh, uh, why should I convince these people to pay for me to go live in Georgia for a year? Um, and at first I thought about something related to languages, something related to hiking. I thought about these, but they didn't, re- I, I tried looking into, it didn't, I didn't, one was too academic. Okay. Yeah. Or like it was, it, it, I, I couldn't figure out how to make it into a good sounding proposal. So it was like, okay, I'm looking for something different from my studies, but not too different. And like, I don't know. And then, uh, uh. It so happened that, uh, my dad found a Georgian wine at a, <laughs> a, a store okay. and he brought it home and then, you know, we, uh, we were having, uh, you know, we would have having wine with dinner and I was like, uh... It was like, huh, wine. I never, you know, <laughs> I, uh, so uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, I literally like knew nothing about, I never, I didn't drink much in, uh, in because, you know, in the States, I mean, the age, yeah, it's uh, I, tw- yes, and I only turned 21 while I was here. <laughs> so, uh, uh, like a few months ago. So, you know, I mean, of course, like everybody, I, you know, I had drunk a little bit at home and with friends and stuff, but like, I, I, I yes, wasn't yes. drinking all the time. I couldn't go to bars and stuff. Um, I didn't have a fake ID or anything like that. So, so is it like
1: really so common? Uh,
0: I mean, uh, 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 I'm not the best person to ask because I, my friends didn't do it and stuff. But but I mean, you, it was pretty common in college to at least know somebody who had one or something. I mean, they, but these people also get busted all the time, you know. So like it's you know, I I, I never wanted booze that badly, so I never you know you know. But yeah, it, yeah, but it is kind of common. Yes, I mean, you know, I knew people who had them and used them all the time, and it was pretty.
1: And easy. it's not so, like, I mean, so illegal that you that it brings you like really big consequences on or all.
0: I don't know. I mean, it depends also because it depends also if it's a big difference between just buying it for yourself
1: and, ah, and selling it or okay. or selling it or Ma- giving it, it to younger it. Okay.
0: people. And same thing, it's also you know illegal to buy. If you're actually old enough, but you buy it and then give it to minors or whatever, whatever. So there are all these laws. And it very, it depends. I don't think it's a huge thing, but I I don't know exactly. It's also illegal even to, before you buy anything, to try to use a fake ID. And then if they say, that's fake, that's at least a fine or something. I don't Mm. know exactly. But but anyway, uh, so, you know. So you
1: find this uh, Georgian vine and say, like, probably during the conversation with the father, you brainstormed this idea, or not really?
0: Basically, yeah. I was like, I was like, huh. It was like, he was, you know, it was almost started as like a joke. It was like, you could do something about Georgian wine, Oliver. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess I could. And I was like, what? And you know, at this time, because I also was kind of like, wow, what is this fellowship like? You can just do anything. So I was trying to looking for examples of what other people had done. So I'll give you some examples for comparison. Someone, um, one one I heard from a previous year had was a vegetarian. Like me, I'm actually also a vegetarian, but some woman was a vegetarian and used this fellowship to go work, like to learn about beef farming <laughs> in some remote country, I don't know. Somebody else went to Scotland, to, or, uh, uh, to Scotland and to Kazakhstan, I think, to learn about traditional falconing.
1: Uh-huh, okay. So
0: like, you know, totally, you know, weird things and like, you know, that only something like this could allow you to, something like this could allow you to do. So I was like, okay, well, you know... It's one-year fellowship or yes. it's shorter? Yeah. I mean, there were some that were shorter, but this, this one I was interested in was for one year. I mean, it was a, they just give you a flat amount of money and then you, it's one for... Yeah, it varied much. Usually it was about twenty dollars or $25,000 they would give you. And this was for one year. So obviously some places that goes farther than others. Goes oh, farther. No worries. Um, and yeah, so I was like, okay, Georgian wine. Uh, this sounds like, you know, given these projects, the falconing, the beef farm, you know... <laughs> Going to Georgia it's to learn, horse, about, learn yeah. about wine. I mean, this seems like it could work, right? Yeah. And so I did some research, a little bit about, what, about crevry uh-huh. and tra- you know, traditional winemaking and this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go and I'll try to live, like, live with a winemaker and maybe they can teach me and I can see what it's like. And this was my idea. And the, it, I should say, the first fellowships I applied for, the due dates were in early February, like two weeks before the Russian invasion started. So, uh, you know, in America, people have no idea what, like, how, like, Americans have a tendency to, like, assume that anywhere, like, anywhere else is unsafe. So it was, like, you know, as soon as that happens, they hear, like, oh, like, there's a war in R- Russia and Ukraine going on. Like, is Georgia safe? And, you know, is Georgia, you know.
1: Actually, we have the same ideas here. Like, in Georgia, we was, like, freaking out. And, yeah. like But those people who, who seriously, like, friend of, like, several friends of mine who, they they were very patriotic they are still but there was like should we probably go before russia invades <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, maybe i should bring my family somewhere safer and yeah. they they thinking all, all this yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, if you compare the i think uh, russia bigger than georgia like 50 times mm-hmm. by population Yeah. So uh, and and like three times bigger than Ukraine probably. So if uh, it's a big difference, yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference, and we have like experience with the previous war in two thousand eight, and it was like three day, Mm -hmm. three day in three days there was no any will to fight anymore Mm -hmm. because there was no uh, reason. I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So so so, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fair enough. Nonetheless, yeah. you yeah. know, but, but so, so, as soon as so I, I s- mean yeah, I, yeah.
1: I, I could imagine that if you yeah. started asking yeah. the question like oh is Germany German safe? <laughs> no, yeah, I yeah, this, like, is, this, this is this is but the yeah. Georgia it's like small enough yeah, to yes, be I, I concerned. I Yes, I like.
0: understand. Yeah, yeah. But Americans do tend to go get way too concerned, like like seem to think anywhere you know outside of Western Europe and North and North America is like a war zone or something. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. another story. Oh. But but anyway, so this this first round of fellowships I had applied for I did not get back in April. They just said, "Sorry, we didn't accept you." But I was uh, uh, I got randomly lucky, and then it turned out that there was a very similar such fellowship that was exclusive to the the house i lived in so the dorm house so harvard was this is a li- not like every university but harvard has these like big dorms that are called houses they each one has a few hundred people in it and you live in the same like commun and it's like a big building with a courtyard and uh, its own dining hall and you so you ever and they have events and there are also graduate students who tutor Students and stuff that live there, and so it's a real like, community. And there's also usually a faculty couple in residence, and st- so like it's a whole. Each house is like its own community, and they each have their own like secrets and stuff yeah, like sure, this. Sure, sure. So, like Hogwarts. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of. I mean, I mean, you you know, like uh, uh, the uh, Harvard's uh, Annenberg Hall. It's like one of the bigger, the biggest dining hall at Harvard. That's for first year students. Is like uh, either. The, i forget if the harry potter movie like dining hall was filmed in there or it was oh, okay. based on it or something like that so mm. if you go in there it feels that feels like hogwarts anyway okay
1: for us it feels like hogwarts also because we do not have such culture of yeah, Jewish, yeah. like tradition of uh, having this campus which has each yeah, each yeah. of them having each uh, yeah, like, yeah. Its own traditions, yeah, and, and yeah, stuff, yeah, so. yeah, yeah,
0: and it's also just the architecture, of course, of Harvard. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. sure, sure. But anyway, so, so.
1: But also, this this kind of small grants and financial like fellowships, mm-hmm. uh, I, I had first time about this, and it's like extremely nice idea, A- appealing for, mm-hmm. for one. Mm-hmm from my perspective yeah yeah
0: no well it's as far as i know they only exist unfortunately places like harvard where you just have all these alumni who donate huge amounts of money no, i can imagine that, like yeah. for example I, yeah. i'm
1: living in some dermat- like in mm. some mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. some places and then i say okay now i'm millionaire and <laughs> or billionaire even yeah, yeah. and now i say like if i when i was student someone Helps me, so let's give. I don't know yeah, these exactly. guys like 50k. It's, yeah,
0: I don't know. It's and it's, they they have yeah. fun and they. Yeah, yeah. It's like this. It's like this. Yeah, like or often when these people die, they leave a portion of their estate to fund these fellowships for 10 years or something like this. And then people who go on them, you know, may, you know, maybe years, then give back to it. Yeah, yeah like sure, this. because they, yeah, they yeah. remember how fun it was. Yes, yes, so. yeah. So, so. Uh, so know. after
1: you founding the philosophical school and become like extremely rich, you also donate some <laughs> portion of your wealth, right? I At wish, least. yeah, the philosophical
0: <laughs> school, yeah. It just rakes in money, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so these first round of fellowships I got rejected from, but then, by surprise, I get an email one day that I've been nominated for one fellowship that is only ex- a secret and only exclusive to my dorm my house oh, okay, i yeah. won't say it just in case because it, it's supposed, supposed to be secret i don't okay, it does, it's not okay. it doesn't matter but okay, anyway, okay. No, no, I will. No. and it turns out it's like exactly the same it's almost the same amount of money maybe even a little bit more and it's like the exact same purpose as this these other fellowships i applied for and uh all i had to do and i had one week to write a proposal but and they don't
1: care about safety
0: uh, <laughs> I guess they trusted me. I mean, okay. I don't know if You're I. About, like, uh, yeah. RGN exactly. Or... No, no. I mean, I don't know that that's why I got rejected from the first one. Uh, it could just be that there was a better project available and blah blah blah. But um, uh, uh. uh anyway, so, so so
1: maybe they say that we don't want to be responsible for this. Exactly. Guy. <laughs> but <laughs> let's tell him that it's a secret. Some financial support. Yes,
0: exactly. And... So well, yeah. But the big difference this time was that you know the people looking in the for the house specific fellowship the people looking at it were people who knew me personally because right. they were because they were you know they the the, the board was like the faculty in residence and all, some of the graduate student the phd students who lived there and were like i said who who are tutors yeah. so you know i had a so i wrote a proposal in one week and then i and then i made it to the interview stage and then they were interviewing me and they knew me so it, you know, this must have played a role. I mean, of course, I think you had they had to, you know, in, even, in order to even be nominated, they had to know you, but I don't know anyway. So, so this just fell into my lap out of nowhere after I was almost ready to give up on this idea. Very nice. Uh, yeah. uh, and then I got it, and and I was like, okay, okay, I guess I'm going, I, I'm going to Georgia. <laughs>
1: and what's exactly like you propose to like to just uh, learn how to like how we make the wine. How to drink the wine? How yes. to be like?
0: So it started one way, and it's been changing uh, over time as as, as of ac- since I've actually come here. But the beginning at the beginning, the proposal was like at the beginning it was like okay. So first of all, I'm interested in how you know uh, what's the story of this country that's the birthplace of wine, and why don't we know why don't we Americans know about it and. Uh, how is this, how how do these traditional methods work and whatever and, and, uh, uh, and, uh, and I also was like emphasizing the importance to me of learning Georgian because of my interest in uh, mm, studying at said, least. Okay. I mean, I know in one year I wouldn't be able to learn, be that good at it, but, but that I could study it and, and gain some competence and learn about the language at least, even if I couldn't be like a good speaker of it, I could learn a lot about how it works and its history and mm-hmm. this stuff would be just personally interesting to me. Um, and I was also from the beginning interested in identity. Because okay. I knew that, um, you know, I hope I don't say anything that will get me canceled or something. But, but, but you know, I think the Georgian people occupy a very interesting place as like, you know, the caucus. I mean, the Caucasus is broadly as well, just as a country, that as a region that has been uh, a region of interest to so many much bigger powers in the history. I mean, uh, uh, Russians, Turks of various kinds, Persians and, you know, other kinds of Europeans. And you know, it's just been at the center of many different Different. Yeah. Yes, but, it has, but at the same time, it has its own people, which are of many, many different sorts. I mean, uh, 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 and even, of course, like I think the, you know, uh, you can tell with how many, many people have a very strong affiliate, uh, ident- identify strongly with the region of Georgia they are from, not just they are Georgian, they are Imeretian, or they are whatever. And, you know, it shows that the, you know, modern Georgian identity was basically uh, made out of uh, uh, many different smaller identities um, and, you know, this, uh, this stuff is also kind of philosophically interesting because it's like, what, you know, uh, what, what is identity? What are, what is, how does ethnicity work? It's this very, the caucus shows just how complicated it is, I think. Um, so but,
1: your study also includes this?
0: Well, yes. It's it, not it,
1: quite study, but yeah, I mean... Yes, it.
0: yes, I was interested in this, and I thought maybe, and, and you know, to me, it it, there's also something connected to wine about this, and it seemed like really, yes, how, how so? Not, I mean, you know, it's vague and not direct. But I was thinking, like, uh, for for Georgian and Georgians, as just like in many other wine regions, I mean, it's not, it's not just something you drink. It is like, it is what our grandfathers did. It is what we did. You know. It is. It is. It is about. It is a big part of who you. Of who your people and who you are.
1: I mean, you yeah. just don't drink it. You don't drink it only to joy. You yeah. drink it because you need. Because yes. it's like part of you. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. As we are Georgians. I see, I see. We make wine. We drink wine. Right. I see. And I am. And you know, I'm from Imereti. and in Imereti, these are our grapes. We grow these grapes. And you know, I mean, it was very interesting. For example. Uh, I went once when I visited uh, one Imuretti and winemaker, just for example, like I overheard a, a winemaker talking with another. Oh, why is this winemaker growing query uh, 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 and Chinuri? Uh, these are from Kartli. We are Emirati. We have our own grapes, mm. for example. And it was like, wh- if you're in why are you growing? Why are you growing these grapes or something? No, yeah. So, you know, people identify with, even with the grapes. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, clearly there is some connection to the part, uh, I mean, G- part, Georgian identity, but also the regional identity. Uh, uh, wine plays this role, uh, I think. And so that was interesting, just sort of as an ethnographic or anthropological. Uh, there,
1: there is a man in, in this university, Professor Sal Kikwidze. Okay. I think he's an ethnobiologist.
0: Ethnobiologist?
1: Yes. Okay. And what they try to do, I, I'm not quite familiar with his study <laughs> because he he promised to tell more more details in our next episode okay. <laughs> not not next but yeah, yeah. next time we meet in yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe in several months or something, i don't know but uh he said something that if i'm not mistaken so uh he said that the lots of culture have this uh worshiping the plants and some big trees mm-hmm. and probably worshiping also the uh, stags
0: like like deer
1: yeah like deer because yeah. it's it's also seasonal mm-hmm. so the tree is like has this meaning of life because it's like mm-hmm. periodical, it mm-hmm. grows, it mm-hmm. dies, it mm-hmm. grows, or it grows and dies. Mm-hmm. And also stag mm-hmm. with his uh, mm-hmm. horns. Mm-hmm. or oh, yeah, yeah. call horns yeah, Or
0: yeah. Antler, uh, antlers. Yeah. Antlers, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're also kind of uh, changing each year. Mm-hmm. And he said they have this strong connection, usually in a lot of culture. Mm-hmm. But he said like in Georgia somehow this cults transform under Christianity, probably. They were before, also. the yeah. Christianity, transformed into the vine cult. Yeah. And so we, this is kind of pagan adopted yeah, to yeah, the... Yeah,
0: I mean, just look at uh, Nino's cross, right? With yes. the vines. I mean, yeah. I, when I learned that, I was like, oh, this really is, wine really is everywhere in Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so fascinating, right? Yeah, like, and I'm. this is something I've, now that I'm here, become more interested in, in this stuff about... Like older pre-Christian traditions and other minority groups in Georgia, and how how they relate to uh, yeah to 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 the wine culture, and also how they relate to sort of the modern um, like sort of mainstream Georgian identity, and how how do minority identities that still are very Georgianized but in some way different maybe how they fit in, and, and if possible how this connects to wine. So
1: yeah. Do you have some answers or hints? To answer, or just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. broad observations. You can yeah. share the broad observations, yes, yes. and uh, we will yeah. be interested in yeah. it probably. Well, At least I and yeah, I yeah. Hope.
0: Well, I haven't focused on this. I mean, a ton yet, but. I mean, one thing that's been interesting for me personally, and I want, now I want to learn a little bit more about, it's not directly related to wine, but, you know, I can kind of do whatever I want, so it's, uh, uh, is about uh, uh, Jewish history in Georgia, and the Georgian Jews, because I'm Jewish, personally, um, but I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, so I, you know, my lineage is separate from the Jews who came to Georgia, Um, and yeah, I mean, they have a very interesting interesting history here, because uh you know i mean many of them the, the community is now very small because most of them have gone to israel as far as i know but uh um, there were villages yeah, and yes and yeah so but they there. there's a much and a lot of the history is preserved mm-hmm. unlike in many other places of course and you know of course compared to many other places i mean jews were relatively uh, safe and treated well here and that's great <laughs> but um but you know, uh, 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 it's I, I still wonder what is it like to be Jewish in a country that is like a huge part of its identity is or is its version of Orthodox Christianity, of course. And and what how does that affect you? You know, your relationship to the Georgian. I mean, being being Georgian, do you feel fully Georgian? Is you I mean you speak Georgian, of course, and whatever. Um, uh, and so, for example, I hope to visit, uh, you know, one of the villages uh, that had a big Jewish community and still has a synagogue outside of Tbilisi is Oni in Racha, mm-hmm. um, because I've heard that they're, they're in the synagogue there. It's very cool. They have, they have prayer books that are, the, the prayers are in Hebrew, like, uh, uh, but they have, they have, they have it in Hebrew, and they also have it transliterated into Georgian script, which is, you know, not surprising. I mean, in America, we also have You know, transliterated—not and translated, but also transliterated prayers for people who can't read Hebrew but want to say the prayers. Um, But I think that would just be really cool to learn about the transcription choices and stuff. Um, But you know,
1: I have a friend of mine. He there was uh, there were like lots of programs, and probably they are still. Mm. Then, if if you have the roots, if like like Israeli roots or something like this, you can travel there. As like part of holidays, and oh, then they okay. try to assimilate you or something. Okay. Oh, like but, but, is it
0: birthright you're talking about? Huh? Birthright Israel. It's a program. Yeah, yeah, yes. something like this. It's but a little it bit was, like it. not exactly, but. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, it was. It was not like uh, the whole assimilation, full-scale assimilation program. But I think it was the first step or something. Yeah. Okay. And a part of the application was. The guy says, like, <laughs> usually he identifies himself as a Jew. Mm-hmm. but also like Georgia. yeah, Georgian and in Jew, application yeah. uh, in order to participate in this mm-hmm. program he need to put that he was Jew mm-hmm. or he is Jew but he put like the Georgia yeah. like he, he has this pro- yes, protest yes. and he don't want to put this <laughs> because he said that no I feel myself as Georgian like I have Jewish yeah, roots yeah. but I'm yeah. Georgian he said like, finally yes. He, yes. he settled on this. Yeah. And it was like very surprising. And I was like, oh, really? It was just an application. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. just signed sign in paper, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah, write yeah. down something and just come <laughs> back, right? <laughs> it's not like you're converting in a religious way yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like really...
0: Yeah, well, it's very interesting. This. I mean, there are a couple of things one, one could think about with in this example. One is, yeah, I mean, of course, like Georgia, like in many modern countries, I mean, America and Europe, where there are Jews, I mean, a lot of us, including me, are very secular in terms of our religious beliefs. I'm not religious at all, actually, but I personally... So no Shabbat. Uh, So
1: you're working on Saturdays? uh,
0: Well, sometimes I I try to take a break, but just to have a rest day. But, you know, you understand what I mean. I don't, I don't, like, have strong religious beliefs, but Um, but I still like to maintain a lot of just cultural traditions because I very strongly identify and think of Judaism more as my ethnicity, um, um, but navigating that is complex. Um, uh, but the American Jewish story is, 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 is for another time, but, um, um, you know, so i you know, I think a lot of the modern, most, most Georgian Jews who are in Georgia are in Tbilisi and a lot of them are, are quite secular, um, and assimilated, um, so that could be part of it. But also it's a thing about Israel because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversies that could start right now. But but uh 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 one thing that's that's you know relevant here is like the fact that Israel has always sought to make uh a you know lean into this idea of the of Jews as an ethnicity but make it into like a national national identity as well and leaving behind an old nationality and you know and make this like melting pot of different cultures that are all unified by Judaism, and then make this new Israeli nationality that has a mix, uh, you know, when you think about Israeli food, for example, it's a mix of, you know, Middle Eastern foods, you know, falafel, hummus, whatever, and, you know, Ashkenazi Jewish foods, for example, uh, uh, which are much, you know, which are European uh, versions of European foods. So, you know, you get this mix, right, cultural mix. But and and you know, with some success, they've made this new Israeli Jewish identity that's its own new identity made out of. But but to be part of it, I guess you you know sometimes you have to leave behind. You can bring in your foods and your traditions, and oh wow, look at this Georgian Jewish food. This Mm was but but like yeah, there's some interest in you you are part. You know oh you know they they might make it so that you have to choose, and that I don't agree with that. I think you know. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, uh, of this whole, this is, this, is, this is a flaw of the, na- the whole idea of the nation state and, uh, you know.
1: And so now your, your study on is on a stage of, uh, like, in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. And what was the most surprising things, like, you can recall now?
0: Ah, uh, like okay.
1: When, when you come here from U.S.?
0: Uh, related to wine or related
1: to anything like social aspects like I don't know Mm -hmm. living here but Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. whatever
0: I'll start with one wine thing and one like non-wine thing let's say so one thing that was very interesting to learn about I I ended up focusing mostly on the in the natural wine uh tradition here because it is popular here and it is really the only part of the wine world here where new things are happening you know on the other hand there, 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 there the way I see it there are like three kinds of wine here there's natural, there's the natural wine world, there is the, like, uh, factory, big factory wine, you know, uh, you know, uh, big Franschkara factory, this kind of thing that is just, you know, it's the easiest wine to find in, in other countries and whatever, and sometimes it's okay, bad, sometimes it's good, whatever, um, but it's just kind of the same. It's There's nothing new. It's been kind of the same thing as far as I can tell. And then there's the, you know, like, house wine or family wine you can buy, from the old woman selling vegetables in the bazaar uh, for you know five lo- or ten lari in a in a plastic bottle, you know. You
1: uh, uh, you you're, you're going this extreme.
0: Uh, well, it's it's an interesting part of this okay, world, okay. right? I'm, but I'm saying those last two, the 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 house with the family. No, no, wine, but
1: you're brave enough to try it. Oh actually, yeah, yes, yes, it. yes. Okay. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think I think if it's a great way if you want to have wine at home for friends and stuff. Uh, without like having to break the bank <laughs> all the time, some some you can find very good wine there, especially or especially if you go and it's some woman from Kakheti who's brought her you know whatever you know or, or anywhere really. But you know there are secret there are secret uh, spots that have the good place. Uh, yeah, of course. And you, you already learned them. Yeah. Well, I actually I don't buy from there free, that often because mostly because I don't. I'm uh, you know when your project is about wine, you end up going to wine tastings and drinking a lot. So. I try not to keep alcohol at home, also, because I'm already going to. So I try to only see, drink see, when see, it is see, like a, a you know social thing, or I see, I see, otherwise I see, I see. it's just yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. too much. Um, yeah. uh, um, very wise I, from you. Yeah. But but I have tried it, of course, sometimes, you have, like, and at festivals and stuff like this. And you know, I mean, you know,
1: self-discipline is uh, yes. I mean, most to. of
0: it is nothing special, but you know, it's it's we it can be very good just to just to just to have at home or whatever mm-hmm. uh, for friends. But um, anyway these two the family wine and the and the you know the big factory wine you know it is fine whatever but it's not really changing that much so i focused on natural wine this is all to say i've been largely focusing on natural wine and visiting small because they're small wine makers they're more interested in having visitors and getting public their word out there and you know i can be that for them and they're and they're more willing to you know in a factory there's not much for me to go like it's just okay here's the machine and whatever it's cool to go to a small place and yeah here are my workers and we're picking and and for harvest i actually even helped out and i picked grapes and you know Whatever uh, worked, in, you know, worked in the hot sun and got sunburned, and then whatever, uh, uh, and then we would have a supra uh, in the evening. But <laughs> uh, uh. yeah,
1: I mean, it's a different experience, totally yeah. different experience, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and you know, it's cool, and and then you get, you know, and you get to see, we see their process about. Oh, yeah, so this wine will go. So first, it will be in this cuvee for three months with thirty percent skin contact or whatever, and then it will go here, and and you will learn about the process and whatever. And anyway, during the harvest, I visited several wineries like this, often helping out with the harvest and and sleeping there uh, you know if they had extra room or whatever and it was it was it was fun um what I was surprised by the thing I was one thing I was really surprised by was learning about how many of these guys like you know the in addition to there being this whole small artisanal winemaking scene how many of them actually like entered the wine world by accident or like didn't have any background in it or you know I assumed, you know, of course, like everybody's grandfather in Georgia made wine or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's not like most of them didn't come from a big family of winemakers, especially. I,
1: yeah, it's like cooking for yourself. Like, like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. making wine, your, your wine is like, uh, I don't know, your mom baking the cake. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, everybody's, fa- yeah.
0: everybody's father and grandfather did it. But, but most of them did not come from big families of wine, like like special winemakers. But some way, you know, one some person I know was a sculptor by training. Another was in another field. But then, either because they accidentally inherited some vineyards, or they just decided they wanted to try something new, they just broke into winemaking and 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 tried something new. Uh, 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 And so that was very surprising, and it was kind of cool. And it also means that a lot of these natural—they're quite young. The Soviet-like era generation is largely, I think, not the one making uh, uh, the the doing this natural wine stuff now they're mostly like uh, I mean there are exceptions of course, but a lot of them you know they were they grew up with with the industry only the industrial wine basically. so it's kind of, I didn't expect this. I was like, okay, the people using the February and doing these you know what do you call like Soviet generation oh I mean, like, uh, well it's okay yes uh, it's well, rough, how, yeah. just, I mean, I'm just curious when like, I came is? I was expecting all these small like the small I was expecting like I would go. Find some small, like an old man in a in a, uh, uh, like a, me. A, no, like like older. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like okay, okay. like like. I was, I was expecting fifties,
1: sixties, or how.
0: I mean at least yeah 50s okay. or yeah 60s I, I guess I, was, I, I don't know I mean it was just, no, no, I was just, just it was just it was just curious. my imagination I'm curious, I'm I was imagining sure. like these old men you know they were the I would I imagined like they were the ones who had the traditions and then they would and I would follow him around taking notes while he you ah, know see, used see, traditional see, techniques or whatever and uh but you know what I came to find is I mean yes some of the some of the big natural winemakers are for in their thir- in their 40s or whatever but most of them are not that much older than that most of them are in their 30s or or, or sometimes they're even quite young ones and this was really cool because they're doing I mean the, you know it's 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 using old stuff like, like it's using old techniques and and materials but it's also and you know minimal industrial intervention but it's also you know it's also innovation it's also trying out new techniques because after all I mean. You know, at the end of the day, you know, wine can be natural and it's a natural product and whatever. But it also has to taste good. And, you know, a hundred years ago, a lot of the homemade wine is, was just for friends and for family. So, now, you know, but, the, but it's cool. It, you, the result is you get a lot of experimentation and you don't see people on other, uh, other places in the world using these older Georgian techniques in their winemaking. So it's neat. Anyway, so the thing I was surprised about was, was, was uh, that... These, the age of these The people. age and that, you know, they came from all different kinds of backgrounds. That was cool.
1: And what is the, like average age from your perspective? Like, in, oh, in your way? Uh Thirty, forty. Fifty.
0: Uh, maybe thirty. There are people who are quite young. Yeah, I mean, maybe thirties. Yeah, some somewhere somewhere in the in the thirties. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, you know. It would no, be no. I just yeah, I just yeah, curious yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. your no perspective. no worries. Sorry.
1: So, I... so the fun thing is like my name like Sher, is not like mm-hmm. quite. Uh, quite trancher. It's like it's not quite um, common in Georgia. Oh yeah. So uh, uh, your business. <laughs> yeah,
0: I figured it
1: out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the funny thing, about my student, uh, she was like, uh, she put somewhere like, oh, actually, I expected you to be older than I choose this course. And, and I was, but, but back then I was like 30 years old. Yeah. And somehow she said, like, Joanne could not be young. <laughs> like, and then she, she looked yes. at me and said, like, are you Joanne Like, what? Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. No. So, so you. To be fair, I think like every
0: the... name after Giorgi, Dato, Levan, uh, and uh, uh, Nika and Mamu, you know, the, it drops after the top five or ten. Then everyone is uncommon. Yeah, I think true. it's true. But anyway, but they're all good names. I like Georgian names a lot, actually. Um, anyway.
1: So and uh, th- things surprising, not in vines.
0: Yes. Well, one thing that was interesting here that's actually is like figuring out. And this probably is not unique to Georgia, I think, but it was my first time really experiencing this for myself. It was like, figuring out where the best place is to buy things is is very interesting. And it's, let me explain. So, so, you know, coming from uh, America, we're sort of used to having like a big store for like every category we want. Like we go to one store to get all our food and one store to get all of our medicine and groceries and like they're all like i mean you know it depends in new york city and if you city, want to build limited...
1: something you go to home depot right? yes yeah,
0: so or whatever like we're like most suburban and rural america is used to it this way and you know and then there's also walmart you know whatever we're kind of used to this obviously yeah in city in big cities it varies but still there are these chains and and whatever um um Figuring out where to, where, you know, even just for groceries, I mean, you know, I think, you know, to to figure out where to go, it's all different kinds of places. Like for me, you know, Okay so like this one lady at Station Square I lo- is the best for is the best for walnuts and then oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, someone yeah, yeah. Else. and it's just like it's just it takes a long time and you learn which ladies close to you have the best stuff for produce and, <laughs> and then, who is like also
1: yes. I have to I say honest in the yeah, waiting things yes 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 just, yeah who strips
0: you up. and then you know spices are best from this uh, Ramaz and whatever <laughs> and you know um, and then you know Okay, this type of good I can only find at Carrefour, so I must go there. It, it would be cheaper if I could go here, but they don't have this store <laughs> yeah. available, so I have to go to Spar and whatever. And I've been thinking a lot about this uh, stores because it also reflects something very nice. So can I tell a short story? Yeah. yeah so uh, when I first came to Georgia, I was, I was trying to, I, I needed to buy a power plug adapter because, you know, the American plug is different. Um, so I need an adapter. And I asked my, my friend, uh, I had already met an American guy who had lived here for a few years, and I was like, Where can I buy this? And he said, You should go to one of these hardware stores, and there's one on uh, 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 Amarleba Street, which is close to where I lived at the time. He said, You should go to this one. And I was like, Okay, what's it called? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> there's no name. It's just a store. <laughs> okay, okay, Yeah, it's just it's just you, you'll see. You know, I mean, you go. It's right <laughs> at the. It's, it's on I this. There's somewhere. a store on this yeah. corner, and you know you'll see like sinks and stuff, and you just know <laughs> it's the hardware store, and you go in. Okay, and yeah. I was like. Really? Oh, is and like I knew, of co- I knew of course there would be small stores, and it wouldn't be on Google Maps or something. Obviously, you know, but it didn't. It never it heard to be like it's not going to have like a, a, you Good know, okay. and it was very interesting. And then I went there, and of course it was fine. Whatever, I bought the adapter, but it, you know, it got me thinking. It's like. In America we have this American dream and everything is about like when you're starting a business it's always about you have to you're not just selling them stuff you're selling a, a brand in a product, Home Depot whatever you're selling a brand and your goal is always to open bigger stores even the small mom and pop shops or whatever like you know the, the you know it's this idea that you have a brand and you have a name and you, people recognize you and then they come and like you know except for like the big chains or whatever like like this is not here i, I it's actually really nice to not have this uh, thing here like it's just whoever's store and you know that this guy sells these things and you know this woman has really good uh, coriander because it's from her, she grow, it's from her garden or whatever and um uh uh, uh you know it's, it's it's kind of, it's like, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, it's like, uh, this is what, like, maybe it used to be like, this is what it used to be like in most of the world before everything was so industrialized. So, you know the story about how, like, commercials changed and, like... Um uh, uh in like the 50s and 60s and especially in america but i think really the whole world followed. because of
1: radio or something no like uh of...
0: like with how uh, so you know the marlboro man in like american cigarette commercials no
1: yeah uh, more the, or less like, you know no, like that this cowboy and yeah, like yes. running, you know yeah.
0: whatever so is an example of how you know because back in like the 40s and 50s like the way commercials were is like it, they would just tell you what was good about the product and why you should buy it. It's like, I love smoking Marlboro because, you know, it's cheap and it, you know, whatever, I don't know. And, I know we right, well, no, but they would just give you information, it was sort of rational. But then they realized, no, this is not, what I, this is boring, who wants to listen to an old man talk, whatever. No, what we gotta do is show the man with a nice car and beautiful women around him smoking a cigarette. And that sells, right? They sell you an image, a story. And I think it's the same with the store brands, like in the names, you know, everything is now is selling you a name or Mm -hmm, or an image. It's this very like uh, hyper industrialized, like hyper capitalized, like uh, way of marketing. And so for me, when I realized this, I was like, uh, you know, uh, Dato at the hardware store, never have a name. Keep your store. I just, you know. It just the sign just has what you sell. It's like be
1: small yes, and like yes, bear yes. survive. No, it, it, does, is, it is, doesn't. <laughs> it, doesn't
0: ha- it doesn't have to be a bear, bear survival, I, but yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah, it, so. you know, you I, know, I, you know. It was so nice to be like you know, you just there's no bullshit. You just tell me what you have to sell, and the prices, and I know what I'm getting, you know, and that's it, you know. Uh, uh, and the same with the, the you know the, the the coriander and whatever,
1: you know. I have the, uh, what coriander. I have also like this. Um special woman for the spices mm-hmm. uh, because I, I love to make ajika. you know ajika. yes yes so I like to make it myself mm. during the like during, during the season and yeah, then yeah. I go there and like I need to buy a bunch of it and if you go to the, sh- the shop mm-hmm. it's like 100 grams for I don't know 5 lari yes something. yes it's very expensive so I come to her like came to her and said like okay what's what's the price for this one and she said like I don't know like Two lari for the small mm-hmm. glass or whatever. Mm-hmm. She she it in glasses, mm-hmm. and, then, and then I asked, like, okay, what about kilo? Mm-hmm. And she said like, kilo. <laughs> I said yes. She's like, I don't know. It will be expensive. And I said, okay, give me the price. She said, I don't know. Kilo, I will give you in ten lari. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: yeah.
1: she said, if you want cheaper, I could. Probably, I said no. Ten lari is larry. It's, it's very exquisite. <laughs> <It's
0: okay>. Yes. <laughs>
1: It's like, please, you should dollars. sell more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Free, free dollars or No, I,
0: I, love it. It's like it's so nice that like not you know. The you
1: thing know. is, like, I, I bought it. It was so cheap that I bought it like in a in a quantities Like I have now. Like I, it was two seasons of ajika, and I still have this coriander. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah.
0: Well, it's something like this happens with wine tastings too, because you know, like you could tell, like the, there's not this fully business attitude about everything all the time. So like a problem I've noticed at a lot of wine tastings and and other similar events. is... Is like they only make you pay at the end and then people are drunk of course because and then they forget to pay and nobody and it's not and there's nobody to check to make sure and like most people do pay still but like every time a few people I think get away with paying and a lot of these wine bars that are less like you know developed and whatever I see, I see. and you know a lot of people are like, dude, like what are you doing? How, how are you going to succeed if you're like this? This would be like the American approach, and it's kind of true, like I want to see more money in Georgia and be a more successful country, but also I'd really like that there's this uh not just for me I mean I always pay, but uh, you know like this, uh, it, that this is the attitude of like
1: of challenge and like out together well like
0: or like that it's chill you know okay, and it's yes, not sure. you know not, not everybody, not everything is business, and you're not always like fighting with somebody you know. Uh, 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 it's not always like a competition, and like I hope this attitude doesn't change. So even if Georgia becomes a more successful country, I don't want this to change. Yeah. Okay, okay, I see. <laughs> uh, I,
1: I had uh, I experienced the same attitude in Italy somehow. Mm-hmm. In in Rome, it was like extremely bad experience. Like there was really strict. They were like they they ask you ID and mm. like not ID. They say like, they ask you passport. Mm. I said maybe ID I said no I mm. need your passport mm. and she was like really rude yes, yes. Like, I mean formally polite in a yeah. rude way yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah, to explain yeah, yeah. In it, and, and in Sicily like, uh, it's like Sicily, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sicily it was like the guy was so relaxed I asked I begging him like Take the money like one day before, <laughs> because uh, in, in advance. Because I said like I I, I will be in a hurry. We are going to a different city. I'm coming back. Then I need to be in an airport. I, yes, and just I might pay be, now. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't pay now. And and there was a football. And he said no 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 tomorrow tomorrow. It's and fun. I said like I might be like I, I will be in a hurry. And he said no problem.
0: And I said, it's, it's a, it's don't you want the, don't yeah. you want the money? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I I ask him this and he said. It's not a problem. And also it was like funny because before that, like first day I check in and then I need to check out and come back in one day because mm-hmm. I were in a different um, mm-hmm. city. And I asked him like, uh, could I play? I mean, I told him this. I explained somehow with mm-hmm. my English. And then I said like, could I left my luggage? And he said like, okay, so you're coming back? Then I'll put your luggage in the room, but don't clean it. Is it okay? He asked. <laughs> like, I don't change the shit. Oh, you know. okay. I said, okay. He said, all right. And then I think, okay, he's, he's like, oh, lock the room. It's not working. And like, will he charge me? I mean, like, maybe I'm barging. You're buying this. a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe I the, bought like one room. additional night. But yeah. it's Seems no, like no, 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 no. He just say, okay, why bother to clean it and like yes, out? Yes, okay, yes, okay yes. <laughs> put your stuff. I don't care. Like, not problem. <laughs> so, I love that. And also, like, he don't ask me to pay like first day and say like maybe I will not come back. He say I have your luggage. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I like yeah. this also, like this attitude of like not being um, too too harsh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you feel you kind of feel like even if you, for some, I don't know reason you don't pay it will not be like huge deal with police you can we will be able to come back yes and pay after yes or something yes, like this. yes yes and uh, in rome no way. Yeah. sicily this yes it's the
0: problem in touristy places then of course they realize they can make way more money if they do this and then they change it um but as soon as you leave that and get to the rest of the country and you know or like sicily in this case i guess you know because i think fundamentally the you know Sicilian and Italian, you know, have a. There's a lot of continuity with Georgian culture here. I mean, general like Mediterranean, like yeah, chill, yeah. Southern Europe, chill lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: uh, um. You know, my friend of my GMT time, she called like Georgian maybe time.
0: Oh yes, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that.
0: I've heard this before. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Georgian maybe time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's okay. And also, uh, this funny, funny word we have like Zach. You probably familiar. Uh, it's in day after tomorrow.
0: Oh right, yes, I didn't
1: know it's that. It's so it's so used mm-hmm. in Georgian language that we have like short <laughs> name for the day after tomorrow. Yeah, And yeah, if yeah. you if you want yeah. to like delay yeah. something like really in a huge way, you say "zek" and it really means like. Yeah. Probably no, never, never yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. It's been it's been interesting learning this when trying to plan visits to wineries because you know a lot of people they like to promise like everything's like oh is, like I, like I just ask so I you know I met you at this uh, at your tasting and it was very nice and I'd be very interested to learn more maybe could I visit your winery one day and he's like and then it's like oh yes come 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 whenever you stay for as long as you want and it's like really I just asked once and you're just giving me as much as like. Like when? I, I surely sometime is probably you're busy right now. Like it's the harvest or maybe some other time is better. And, you know, I, I had to work to figure this out. And then it would be like, oh, oh, yeah, come whenever, whatever. And then, you know, it turns out the day before is, oh, maybe actually this won't work tomorrow you know, yeah. or the morning of or or I try to reach out like I've written to someone like three times and then suddenly and nothing for weeks. And then one day at 11 p.m., well, we are going to the, uh, out to the vineyards tomorrow. Uh, would you like to come? Uh, we leave at 9 a.m. And it's like 11, it's like 11 p.m. And I was like, you know, if this were America, I'd be like, what the hell? No way. But now it's like, okay, this is how I do this. I must adjust to the Georgian lifestyle. And you say,
1: like, okay, I will be there at 8. Or, yeah, or
0: m- more, more realistically, I'll be there at 10. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then... <laughs>
1: give me GPS coordinates. I will be on the vineyard already. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, so... <laughs> I just learned to be flexible and I think this is good for my, you know, own, uh, own uh, mental health as well, I guess. Cause it's, I mean, it causes a lot of stress at the beginning. It caused a lot of stress, but you know, normally I'm someone who's always likes to plan and ha- and if something goes and you know, I want something to go the way I planned it. And if something doesn't go according to plan, then I'm, you know, I'm annoyed. And, and now this you is... became
1: more philosophic about that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's kind of taught me to be like, look, Chill out, and like you, things are not going to go your way all the time in life, and you, you have to you have to deal with that. Uh-huh. Um, so it's kind of taught me that that uh, I think this will help me in the future and be less anxious about things I don't need to be anxious about. Um, so some, and so, I mean something in the middle, of course. It's good to yeah, plan some. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, back to Zeg. One thing I wanted to say was that it's also very interesting because I know in Georgian you also have the word for like day before yesterday, gushintsin. Yes. yes. Um, but it's like two, yes, two, two words. Yes, yes, It's not one. But it's uh, but this is what's interesting, right? You have this. It's easier than the day before yesterday. Yes. Uh,
1: uh, it, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, you know, but uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's still much longer than. I mean, it's I mean, it's yesterday
1: we we have like Gushin. It's like yesterday. Gushin yesterday.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, I, I understand. Yeah, it's 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 built out of these two. Yeah, but so that's interesting, right? It's still more, but still Zeg is more is more is so common, because, like because of the reason you're saying.
1: Um, I, I also I also heard about um, I don't know how, how in English tradition, mm-hmm. but they say that before industrial uh, I don't know like mm-hmm. in old times they measure the distance between cities between cities in days. Ah, okay. I I, I don't know in, how in English, yes. but they say like for example, riders. So it's like two day riding or like some yeah, yeah. Day five day walking. Or yes, like, yes. It, it was this kind of so yeah. measuring distance in time. It's very yes. modern and yeah. relativistic friendly.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Uh, I mean, the closest thing we see, especially in the U.S., that I've heard some Europeans are are confused by. Although I think it happens in much of you. I saw it in Germany as well. Is that like the how far away the bus or the train is by minutes?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it's yeah, sure. two minutes away, yeah, but yeah.
0: All, I mean, but it's like, well, if the train is stuck, then it's going to be two minutes away for ten minutes,, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so it's like sometimes shouldn't it just be how many stops or something like that, but anyway, uh uh, so I think that's the closest thing I can think of, um. Okay. Or, or like, oh, it's a it's a two hour drive. It's yeah, a five hour yeah. drive. This is this is very common in America, and people joke. You can tell someone is American if they're like, oh, it's not that far. It's only a ten hour drive. Ah, yes, yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, here we we now after in Soviet Union, I think they measure more in kilometers. Yeah. So uh, and the people from Russia, there was always are uh, big event like uh, mm-hmm. physics olympiad or something mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And usually our students was like, you know, what does your tell me? Like she's from Russia, and I said like, oh, you, you, where you live? And she said like, oh, I live near Moscow, like eight hundred kilometers. Like, <laughs> what kind of near it is? <laughs> like you said, like. And for them, it's like yeah, kind of yeah, near.
0: Really, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: And for us, like uh, no, like it's, it's like, like you've ten left kilometers Georgia. already. yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> it's not if it's not walking distance, it's like far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably last question. Okay. I, I, I have like, what do you miss the most? Like here, living in Georgia, what do you miss uh, uh, about America or your lifestyle or whatever?
0: Okay. This is kind of silly, but the thing, the the the, the food. I mean, there's there's nothing I miss that like uh, is like really important. Uh, actually. Um, uh, uh it's and nothing that is like okay to go one year without, but something that I think about the most are just are just foods that I miss actually some foods that i do some are cultural foods and some are foods that yes, there are two most important ones one are bagels uh-huh.
1: <laughs> okay so <laughs> finally here
0: they they exist. I'm not very impressed with them. <laughs> They're okay, but for the price and for what you get, it's not good for me. It's not worth it. I do uh, sometimes. I've gone a couple times, and maybe I'd do it if I was really desperate. But I'd rather just forget about them for one year. Uh, it's just a food I really, really like. The other thing, uh, the other food is is not like a, a whole dish like this, but uh, um, so I mentioned before, I'm vegetarian and. Uh, I've not had too much trouble getting uh, enough foods to eat here, because actually, even though a lot of Georgian foods have meat, there's a lot of vegetarian things, and it's easy enough for me to make my but own. But you're a vegetarian, things. not vegan? Not vegan, okay. no. Uh, so yeah, that would be harder. But um, but there still are some foods that are really easy to make, that are easy, like international foods, that are easy to get in America that I can't get here. That, mostly tempeh. So if you don't know, it's a, it's a soy product. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's from Indonesia originally. Oh, I see, I see. I see. But it's used in a lot of East Asian cooking. It's similar to tofu, but it's harder. Right. And it's like tofu. It's like, but it's much easier to cook, and you can. And it's it, like tofu doesn't have a lot of flavor by itself, but you just season it with some stuff, and it can be very tasty. And it has a lot of protein, like a lot. And so in America, I, it was always so easy to make sure I had a good balanced meal with enough protein and this and that. Um, uh, and that's and I can't find that here, but. You know, compared to everything I get to experience here, these are very small problems. So
1: Okay. No, no, I am yeah, yeah, not asking about prog. Of course, of course. I, I thought more about like you say something more nostalgic. I don't yes, know. Yes, like yes. Election. Like I don't know. Oh, oh. elections, <laughs> I
0: do I don't miss those. Oh god. Yeah. Mm. No, well, yeah. Is there is there anything of more significance that I miss miss more? I mean, I'm sure there, there are there are other small things like this, maybe a little bit more important than food, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but nothing. I mean, it would be different if I was living here. If I was going to live here I for see, a long time, and then I would think oh, I would learn the things I really miss and like.
1: You are now like more yeah, more in yeah. like more temporary mode, yeah, like yeah, about and it's exploring okay. it's and like, stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like it's fine when you know. Uh, there's nothing really crucial that uh that i c- for one year i can't you know learn to buy something else or or do do something you know d- learn to do something different instead so yeah
1: okay. i see I think i torture you enough <laughs> torture torture w- torture you enough it,
0: it was it was hardly torture but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it was very nice from you that you agreed to come and uh Participate in this experiment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will definitely give you the link. When, whenever I edit it, I'm not sure I will be quick. This no regard. worries. Yeah, but uh, I like probably on somewhere between like month and mm-hmm. four. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Georgian maybe time. You know? Yes, yes. Uh, I will. I will put the link and like, give you the il- mm-hmm. English version yes. and the uh, Georgian version. I also try to prepare. Oh, cool. So yeah, thank you very much for being my guest. <laughs> thank you so much for
0: having me on. This was really fun.
1: <laughs> okay, didi matlaba, <laughs> olaista, na khundis imediya magetona tesgadat sema, da imediya sa interesat nacheta iseti sa interesuk ulaviti grande opula imistu isrom u prese kolovitiera, a iset pironebis gasadari grande opula Amerikashi mirabuli. Na khundis. Na khundis. Ta matlaba chom patrion khadachurbs. Na khundis.